Hey friends, welcome to the Taking Your Next Step podcast from Collegians for Christ. Through each episode, we will journey together focusing on becoming better followers of Jesus. If you're eager, like I am, to follow Jesus Christ, then take your next step now by joining us in today's episode. Have you ever met a know-it-all? You know that person that just knows everything about every subject, every topic, and they're hardly ever wrong. When you're talking with them, what do they try to do? They try to complete or finish your sentences before you can. You tell them about an event or a certain situation, and they try to tell you how you would react or what you would be thinking in that situation. Now, I don't know if a person's face or a certain person came to mind through all that, but can I say this, regardless of who came to mind, there is only one that knows it all in our universe, and that is God. Now, we've been walking through the attributes of God, specifically here the last couple of weeks, the omnis, the, God, the fact that God is omnipotent, He is omnipresent. We come to this week's attribute, the omniscience of God. And I know this may be more familiar because we hear it through messages, preaching, teaching, uh, but I don't want the familiarity of it to rob you of the power and the personal application that these attributes have in our lives. These are not just words or cute cliches just to get amens. There is tremendous truth about who God is, and these truths, the fact that God is omnipotent, He's omnipresent, He's omniscient, carries serious implications into our faith and into our everyday lives. So let's consider, first of all, the biblical basis for God's omniscience. Where do we get this truth from? We don't find the word per se in Scripture, so where do we get this teaching from? I'm going to read just a few verses here that would kind of give an idea. Genesis 6-5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That doesn't say anything about omniscience. How does that imply that God is omniscient? Well, we see that God knew continually the imaginations or the thoughts of people's heart. So God's uh, knowledge is not just confined to one person like ours is. I can only know what I'm thinking. I can try to guess and assume what somebody else is thinking. I can't be the know-it-all. So only God knows every human soul, and also only God knows the thoughts and intents of each person. Uh, The maybe more clear and powerful passage would be Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6. This is a powerful psalm that, that just talks about God in a high and uh, holy way. It says in verse 1 here, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compasseth my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Such uh, thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thy hand upon me. He says this, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. So what is David saying about God here? He says, God knows absolutely everything about us. Our invisible thoughts are known beforehand to him. He says, you know my downsitting, you know my uprising, you understandeth what? My thought afar off. You know what I'm going to think, and you know the intentions of my heart even before, I th- gonna, before I'm going to think it. And he says this in the end. Verse 6, such knowledge, what knowledge? The fact that God is omniscient 
in comparison to who we are. He says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot contain, attain unto it. And also Psalm 147, verses 4 through 5, say this, He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by names. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. Very clear. When you think about the billions of stars, uh, scientists have trouble even numbering them or considering how many there are in our great universe. Uh, It says here that God knows or tells the number of the stars. He has the ability to count them. Why? Because his knowledge surpasses our knowledge. It says he calls them by their names. He's named the stars. But he says this here, great is our Lord and great and of great power. And it says this, his understanding is infinite. That means his understanding is without limit. His knowledge is without limit. And I'll read you one more passage in Matthew chapter 11, verse 21. Try to get a uh, correlation in the New Testament as well. Matthew eleven twenty-one. it goes on to say this, Woe unto thee, Chorazin! Woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. You see, omniscience knows what could have been. He says, if this had happened here or there, they would have done this. So that shows God is not limited in his knowledge. Why? Because his knowledge is infinite. He has all knowledge. So how would we define omniscience? Well, literally it means all knowledge. I think it's something we can very easily define. God knows everything, past, present, and future. Charles Ryrie said it this way, God knows everything things actual and possible, effortlessly and equally well. So what all does God's omniscience entail? Well, A.W. Tozer said this, and it's it's a little more lengthy, but I want to read it to you because I think he just encapsulates what God's omniscience, how how far it goes, what it entails, and it just helps us see uh, clearly God's omniscience. He says this, God knows instantly and effortlessly. All matter and all matters, all mind and every mind, all spirit and all spirits, all being and every being, all creaturehood and all creatures, every plurality and all pluralities, all mysteries, all enigmas, all feeling, all desires, every unuttered secret, all thrones and dominions, all personalities, all things visible and invisible in heaven and in earth, motion, space, time, life, death, good, evil, heaven. And hell. He went on to say this, because God knows all things perfectly, he knows no thing better than any other thing, but all things equally well. He never discovers anything. He is never surprised, never amazed. He never wonders about anything, nor, except when drawing men out for their own good, does he seek information to ask questions. And so I think that just encapsulates God's omniscience beautifully. Now, we've talked about how each of the attributes of God are perfectly interwoven together, meaning God's omniscience follows directly from God's infinity. It will follow directly from God's eternality. And the idea here is if you tear down or don't have a true a biblical concept of an attribute, you will tear down multiple other attributes because they're linked together. To say that God is not eternal or that God is not infinite would be to say that God is not omniscient, is not omnipotent. And there you take an infinite God and bring him down to finite man. So when we say God's omniscience follows from God's infinity, we mean it like this. God is infinite. 
He has no limitation. Therefore, God's knowledge is identical to his nature, and therefore his knowledge is infinite or without limitation. All right, so God is infinite. As his essence or as his being, his nature, his attributes are identical to what he is in his nature. So if God is infinite, then his attribute of um, of knowledge would be what? It would be knowledge without limit. It would be that he is omniscient, all-knowing. And then it would follow from God's eternality. God is eternal, therefore he does what he knows eternally. His knowledge is not limited by time. Therefore, he knows the future the same way he knows the past and present. And all these are so interwovenly together. Why can God be all-knowing? Because he's eternal. Why can God be all-knowing? Because he's infinite. He is without any type of limitation, and that goes for his attributes because they are the same as his being. There are two quick just objections we'll mention as we close out here that people would bring to say, well, this seems to imply in Scripture that God is not omniscient. How could we respond, or how could we think through this? The first one is this. There are some events that God did not seem to know or was limited in his knowledge, therefore he must not be omniscient. In a couple passages given, Genesis 18, 20 through 33, this is where Abraham is bargaining with God, trying to keep God from destroying Sodom. Sodom. And it seemed to imply in that passage that God didn't know how many righteous were left. Abraham said, if there's 50, uh, if there's 50, will you not destroy it? No. If there's 40, is there 30? And it just kind of seems that God did not know. Another passage is where God gives the invitation to Isaiah. Uh, who will go for me? Who shall stand? And Isaiah said, I will. And it seemed to be implied in that passage of Scripture that God did not know who would answer the call. And therefore, God truly is not omniscient. So how can we think through this? Well, many times God responds in ways to get a response from humans. He asks questions. Why to get a response? Not because he does not know, but he's trying to seek a call to action. You see, parents do that with their kids. Have you ever asked a child or even a friend a question, trying to get them to think or get them to respond in action? You already know the answer. I do that in Bible study often. I will present a question that I already know the answer to. Does it, because I present the question, does it mean I don't know the answer? No. I mean, it could be, but I present the answer already knowing the answer. I mean, I present the question already knowing the answer to engage the audience, to get them involved and to get them to respond. So I don't think that's a hard one to think through. The Bible is very clear that God is all-knowing. I think you have to be mindful to not... Uh, interpret the obscure passages to build a doctrine, uh, to take the obvious passages uh, to, to build that doctrine. Then secondly, real quick before we finish up here, it says, how can decisions be freely decided if God already knows what will happen? <clears throat> so because God is eternal, there are no time indicators or limitations on his knowledge. We've already showed how eternality and God's knowledge are linked together. So all future events are what? They're present to God's eternal now. You see, just because God knows what we will do does not in any way mean we're not free to choose what we will do. So just the fact that God knows the future, he knows what we will choose to do, does not mean in any way we're not free to choose. It's not that he's uh, forcing us to choose, to freely choose. You see, force freedom is a contradiction in terms. You can't force someone to freely choose. So God's, his view is different. You and I are trapped in time. 
we understand things past, present, and future. What is in the future, we do not know. It's just literally moment by moment, the future is unfolding and it becomes our present. But God knows in his eternal present as he looks down. We know things past, present, future, but since God transcends time, he knows the past, present, and future in his eternal present. Sometimes that's hard to wrap our mind around because we know everything in time. But we understand the truth that God transcends or is outside of time. Therefore, God knows the past, present, and future in one look, what we would refer to as an eternal present. And you and I are free to choose as we go through in our future. God just knows as he looks down the decisions that we've made and what we have chosen. Now, God's omniscience is a powerful truth. And we're going to look on Thursday's episode, what difference does it make? What are the practical applications of God's omniscience that really matter for me today in the year 2022? Join with us on Thursday's episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, we would love for you to share it with a friend or subscribe so that you can stay up to date on the latest studies. You can connect with Collegians for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.